Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Wednesday. I hope you guys have had a great week so far. Guys, Kanye hecking West. I can't believe, I cannot believe this whole firestorm, and I mean firestorm in a good way, that has happened over the past few days regarding Kanye West. Like, we're talking gold digger person. We're talking married to Kim Kardashian. We're talking about the guy who just a few months ago, or maybe it was a year ago, came out with uh, this song talking about, well, I, I can't even say actually what the song was about. It was really catchy. Everyone was talking about it, and so I listened to it. And But I, I can't even talk about what the song was about because it was that inappropriate. And now he's coming out, or he has come out, with a gospel album called Jesus is King that people have been talking about. So I don't want to get all into that yet because we are going to talk about that album, what I think about it, what my favorite song is, the media reaction to it. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the interviews that he's done. Is this the real deal? Should Christians care? What should we think about all of this? So we are going to get into that. Uh, we're also going to talk about the, quote, terrorist in chief that was killed um, in a military operation, of course, under the uh, under the authority of our commander in chief, President Trump, and what the media had to say about that. We might talk about some other news stories as well. I'm going to give you an update on James Younger, the little boy out of Texas who was caught in the custody battle between his mom and his dad, his mom who wanted to transition him into a girl named Luna. The dad said, uh, whoa, 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 this is a seven-year-old who identifies as a boy, according to the dad. We're going to talk about um, the, the, the latest news on that. Uh, before we get into that, I want to tell you guys about a new company that I haven't talked to you about before, and it is called Circle. So this is great for really anyone, but especially parents, if you are trying to manage your kids' devices, you want to know what's going on, how long, uh, how how much time they're spending on their devices, you want Circle. Um, if you are struggling to make sure that five more minutes doesn't end up being five more hours with your kids, if you are trying to manage your kids' Distraction. So whether it's Fortnite, I don't really know what that is, but apparently that's popular. Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Circle makes it easy to take childhood offline when needed so they can focus on homework chores or bedtime or quality time with their siblings or their parents. Um, it's the easiest way to manage your family's online time across all of their connected devices inside and outside your home. Uh, with Circle Home Plus and the Circle app, parents can filter what content is allowed that is huge, set limits for screen time and monitor history and usage. Even though we are not there yet, I've just got a little baby girl. Obviously, she's not on social media or using any technological devices, but just knowing that something like Circle app is out there is huge for my peace of mind. You can keep track across every uh, connected device from laptops, phones, tablets, smart TVs, streaming devices, video game consoles. Um, you will never stop worrying about your kids. Of course, we all know that. But with Circle, you will have one less thing to worry about. So right now, our listeners, relatable listeners, can get $30 off a, a Circle Home Plus when you visit meetcircle.com slash Allie and enter promo code Allie, that's A-L-L-I-E at checkout. So you get $30 off when you visit meetcircle.com slash Allie using promo code Allie, A-L-L-I-E, 
$30 off my promo code, my name, spelled with not a Y, not one I, or one L. It is Allie, A-L-L-I-E. So make sure that you check that out. So I've talked to you guys about Cabbage before. If you are thinking of starting a new business or you need money for your business before you actually start, then you need to get in touch with Cabbage. Managing inventory, covering payroll, doing 100 things before lunch is just an average day. If you own a small business, a lot of you know that your time is so valuable. Getting the money that you need shouldn't take all of your time. That's why Cabbage created a simple, modern way for businesses to access up to $250,000 of credit. A Cabbage's application process is online, takes just minutes to complete and get a decision. If your business does qualify, you can access the amount you need right away and withdraw more funds whenever you need extra capital. You might have seen some of their commercials on TV. They're really funny. This is an awesome company. A plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. If you need money for your small business, Cabbage is the one to call. That's Cabbage with the K. Um, you can go to cabbage.com and use code Allie. That's A-L-L-I-E. That is K-A-B-B-A-G-E.com. I need to give you a disclaimer. This offer ends November 30th. So you have to take a, a minimum of $5,000 loan to qualified credit lines subject to review and change individual requests for capital or separate installment loans issued by Celtic Bank member FDIC, just FYI. But go to cabbage.com with a K. Use promo code Allie uh, to let them know that that we sent you. Okay, guys, let's talk about Kanye West. You have been asking me to address this for the past few days. I kind of wish that I had been able to do it on Monday, but we had to talk about the decline of Christianity, which is imminent, and all of the implications of that, which is also kind of a big deal. But second big deal that's going on right now is that Kanye West has actually delivered a gospel album. And I'm just going to let you guys know, I've been watching through, well, I used to watch, I don't follow them really anymore, but I used to see snippets on Instagram from Kim Kardashian of their Sunday services when they had, it seemed like a thousand people dressed in all white singing gospel songs. It sounded amazing. But guys, I'm just going to let you know, I was always skeptical of that. It's easy and probably wise to be skeptical, at least initially, of celebrity Christianity because we see so much new age ideology and off-base theology coming from Hollywood because their beliefs in general just typically are not correct about anything spiritually or morally. So I was skeptical about this. I was like, surely this is not a theologically sound gathering. Surely the gospel isn't really preached. Surely they don't talk about sin and salvation and Jesus and all of that. It's probably just this kind of like feel-good, new-agey type thing. So I'll let you know. I was skeptical about this. And then I started to hear mumblings that Kanye West has become a believer, that he has really been saved. Now, I have friends who have been fans of Kanye West for a long time who have been saying for years, Kanye West is a Christian, he's a Christian, he's a Christian. But Kanye West himself has come out and said, I thought that I was a Christian. He said Life of Pablo, I think that was one of his previous albums in the past few years. He said he thought that was a gospel album and it had an inappropriate picture of a woman on it. And he's the one who is saying he thought he was saved then, but he's really saved now and he does everything for God. He's been asked in an interview, are you a Christian artist now? He says, I'm a Christian 
everything now. The things that are coming out of his mouth, Kanye West's mouth, sound like no one knows his heart. I, I don't know his heart. I certainly haven't spent time with him. The things that are coming out of Kanye West's mouth now, the same guy who has become famous for worshiping himself and idolizing himself, sound like a regenerated man. Sound like someone who has been swayed by the Holy Spirit, who has become a new creation, and who is starting a life of self-denial rather than self-glorification and self-promotion, the thing that he has been known for for so long. That's what it sounds like. I mean, this guy is publicly talking about the damage that porn has had on his soul, his addiction to porn, how it started when he was just five years old, when he saw a Playboy magazine that a dad that his dad had left out, how that has just enslaved his mind uh, for his entire life, how he is now freed from that. He talked publicly, um, or he talked on Keeping Up with the Kardashians to Kim. I saw an article on this uh, telling her that Yes, what you wear is hot, but hot for who? It talks about how what she wears, obviously she's known for flaunting her body. What she wears actually hurts his soul. And he has a problem with that. He has a problem, he has said, with their daughter, who I think is six years old, wearing makeup. He apparently, reportedly, asked his team who worked on this album to stop having premarital sex and to pray and to fast while they were working on the album. I mean, that's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. If you know anything about Kanye West, if you know anything about his lyrics, the songs that he has sung, the the words that he has rapped, you know that this is different. And sure, we can sit back and be cynical and skeptical and say, is this real? Is this valid? I mean, this is the same guy that has rapped things that I would never let my child hear. He has uh, only ever cared about himself. He is some people I've even heard people say this, which I think is completely insensitive and disrespectful and wrong. But some people have even said, oh, well, he's bipolar. He's crazy. He has a mental problem. So this is not real as if God can't save people who have some sort of mental deficit. He certainly saves people that have moral deficits. Those are the only kind of people he saves because we all have moral deficits and we all have our bad habits and hang ups and we are all dead and sin apart from Christ. And in Christ alone, we are made alive in him by grace through faith so that no one could boast. This is what the gift of eternal life is. And it seems like just as an outsider looking in, someone who doesn't know him personally and hasn't seen his walk firsthand, it seems like it seems like he has been made alive. He has been raised from death to life, that he has received this gift of salvation um, about which no one can boast because it is given to us in the graciousness of God. Uh, that's an amazing transformation, if so. And so we can sit back and be skeptical all we want to. We can question it because of who he was or who he is or because he's a celebrity, because he's rich, because he's married to Kim Kardashian. But I think that it is far more freeing, far more glorifying for us to celebrate the fact that no matter what, whether or not this is real, which I happen to personally think it is, but whether or not this is real, uh, that the name of Jesus is being glorified. Just those three words, the name of the album, Jesus is King. 
have been Googled millions of times. His album is number one on Spotify. All of the songs on the album are in the top charts of Spotify. People are listening to the name of Christ being proclaimed and God is being glorified through that. I don't care if it's through Kanye West or through pastor. The name of God is being glorified. God can use anyone. And right now, what we cannot deny, whether or not we know Kanye's heart, what we cannot deny is that the gospel is being preached probably to people who have either never heard it, never understood it, and never expected to hear it from someone they admire like Kanye West. Uh, My favorite song on the album, of course, of course, it happens to be Uh, the only song with a cuss word in it. But my favorite song on the album is God Is. And I am going to read you um, some of those lyrics because I happen to think that they are very powerful. Everything that I felt, praise the Lord. I I could sing this because I know the tune. I've listened to this so many times, but I'm going to spare you. I'm going to spare you that. It says, everything that I felt, praise the Lord. Worship Christ with the best of your portions. I know I won't forget all he's done. He's the strength in this race that I run. Every time I look up, I see God's faithfulness and it shows just how much he is miraculous. I can't keep it to myself. I can't sit here and be still. Everybody I will tell till the whole world is healed. King of kings, Lord of lords, all the things he has in store from the rich to the poor. All are welcome through the door. I feel like a beat poet right now. Uh, You won't ever be the same when you call on Jesus' name. Listen to the words I'm saying. Jesus saved me, now I'm saying. And I know, I know God is the force that picked me up. I know Christ is the fountain that filled my cup. I know God is alive. He has opened my vision, given me a revelation. This ain't about a blank religion. Jesus brought a revolution. All the captives are forgiven. Uh, Time to break down all the prisons. Every man, every woman, there's freedom from addiction. Jesus, you have my soul. Sunday service on a roll. All my idols, let them go. All the demons, let them know. This is a mission, not a show. This is my eternal soul. And it goes on for a little bit more. It says, that's what God is. I just think those lyrics are so powerful and indicative of a changed heart. That is what the Holy Spirit does. He changes our affections. And when we love something, we want to talk about it. We want to sing about it. He says, apparently, that he's going on tour uh, very quickly. He wants to share the gospel. He says, that's what happens when you become saved. When Jesus Christ takes hold of your life, when he becomes your Lord, your master, your savior, when you realize what he did for you, things change. Everything changes. So when we hear him talking about the damage of pornography or premarital sex or immodesty or wanting to take care of and protect his daughters, his children, uh, wanting to be a Christian everything and have Christ define what he does uh, when he expresses the desire to share the gospel, that is a uh, that is an indication of a regenerated, a renewed, a new heart a new creation. And it's amazing to see. And I praise God for this. I praise God for this. And no, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how uh, this story will play out. I feel, uh, I feel a lot for him uh, because he is in the public eye. He is going to have the influence of every single false teacher that wants to ride on his coattails and wants their name to be attached to his. He is going to be uh, pulled in every direction of false gospel. He is going to be pulled by those who preach the prosperity gospel. He is going to uh, be pulled by people who preach the social justice gospel. He is going to be pulled by the people who preach the self-love gospel that God just wants you to be happy. 
Um, and I'm sure that right now, Kanye's theology isn't perfect. In fact, I, I know that it's not. I've heard some interviews to where it kind of seems like this um, prayers go up, blessings come down just, just a little bit, but we can give him grace in that. He's a baby Christian. He's just learning theology. I can tell you some of the things that I thought to be theologically true. Actually, I can't remember them right now, but I know that there are things that I thought to be theologically true when I was uh, first becoming a believer and learning about the Lord that I look back and I'm like, how could I possibly have thought that? I mean, when I was first coming into the faith, I read Blue Like Jazz. I read The Shack. Uh, I read uh, Rob Bell, who came out as a universalist years later. I read all of these books that back then basically was saying, yeah, Christianity is, uh, is one part of world religiosity that can be good and can be helpful, but God doesn't really care about what we do. I mean, I was consuming all of those popular books at the time that probably lended to a really bad theological framework. And I think hopefully by the grace of God, it's turned out okay. And I'm still learning. We're learning our entire lives as we're sanctified and we grow up in a knowledge of the truth. And that's what I hope for Kanye West. I have it on very good authority that the people who are discipling him, the people who are pastoring him, the church that he is a part of, that is actually apparently a part of Master Seminary, which is John MacArthur Seminary. As you know, I believe John MacArthur to be extremely solid. Apparently, those are the people that are helping shape him and pushing him towards the Lord. And that's good. Good. That's a good thing. He is under reformed theology. And I know for different people that can mean different things, but he is being preached uh, the gospel. He is being told the true gospel. That doesn't mean that he understands everything as it is right now, but he is being preached by people who know the word. And my prayer for him as someone who is in the public eye and will be pulled in every direction. My prayer for him is that God keeps him that he has discernment, that he has wisdom, that he keeps his eyes locked on Christ and on the cross, and that he is not pulled in the directions of false teaching, that he is not made to uh, feel guilty by the world, that he is not coerced or bullied by the people who don't agree with him or saying that he's a bigot now or that he's crazy for actually believing in the Bible because the kind of faith that apparently from what we see that Kanye is emulating, the world does not like, doesn't like it, hates it. Why? Because the world, the mainstream culture, the secular world is only okay with Christians as long as they don't actually believe it. They're okay with the Christians who say, oh yeah, Jesus, love, great, tolerance, cool. Oh yeah, charity, but not personal charity. The government should redistribute wealth. That's compassion, open borders, yada, yada, yada. That's the kind of so-called Christianity. I put in air quotes if you are not watching this, that the world accepts, but actual Christianity, the only Christianity that exists, biblical Christianity that says that you are dead in your sin apart from Christ and destined for hell. And the only way to be reconciled to a holy, perfect God is through belief in Jesus Christ. Then you get to spend uh, eternity with him and you get joy everlasting and you are able to be steadfast through your trials here on earth. That Christianity that um, demands of us through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, holiness and separation from the world and righteousness and sanctification and the belief in an absolute truth from uh, the creator of the universe, that Christianity, again, the only Christianity that actually exists, biblical Christianity, the world hates. 
the world hates because we're not down with moral relativism. We're going to say something is wrong and something is right based on what the Bible tells us. The world doesn't like that. Why? Because the world worships the God of self. And in the God of self, the only thing that matters is that you have control of your life and you get to be yourself. You get to do you and determine your own truth and do what feels good to you. So the world doesn't like it when someone comes in and says, actually, there's a God who created the world and he has a purpose for how things are supposed to go. He has an order and he, by his grace, sent his son to die for us that we should be reconciled to him and have the opportunity, the privilege, the joy uh, to be able to spend forever with him and to give him glory here on earth and forevermore as Christians. They don't, the world doesn't like that. So Kanye is going to be bullied. No doubt. And I just pray. I just pray that the Lord keeps and protects him. And by the way, I do want to note, I, I do want to note this, that we should be praying this for all new Christians. The only reason why we're talking about this more than we talk about someone who is not in the media and whose name is not known, who hasn't sold millions of albums, who has just become a Christian, um, is simply because it's being covered, because it is also a dramatic transformation and it is a public evidence. Um, it is very compelling evidence of what the Holy Spirit can do, can take someone who seems very unlikely who we never would have guessed would come to Christ and produce a gospel album, um, who has apparently done so. So that is that is why we are talking about this. But of course, according to God and in the angels of heaven who rejoice when a sinner comes to repentance, by the way, that's what Jesus says in the gospels, um, they're, they're not rejoicing anymore for Kanye West than they are for any other sinner who repents and comes to Christ. He is not special to God or special in heaven because he is famous here on earth. No, that's not true at all. God views us as dead in our sin, aka enemies of him. That's what the Bible says. We have in, enmity. It's a really hard word kind of to say. Enmity with God. If we are not in Christ, we are dead in our sin or we are alive in Christ and friends with God. Those are the two categories of every single human on earth. And, uh, and that is, that is the dichotomy through which we have to view the world. And the world certainly doesn't like that dichotomy because it seems bigoted and judgmental. Um, so like I said, I've listened to some of his interviews. I've read the articles, all the things that he's been talking about. Here is a less theological statement and a more political statement that he made in an interview with Big Boy TV. We brainwashed out here, bro. Come on, man, this is a free man talking. Democrats had us voting Democrats for food stamps for years, bro. What are you talking about? Guns in the 80s, taking the fathers out the home, plan B, lowering our votes, making us abort our children. God should not kill. As I've said many times, uh, at least nine times out of 10, at least nine times out of 10, maybe like 9.8, 9.9, Okay, probably almost 10 out of 10. When someone's theological views change for the better, their political views tend to change for the conservative, <laughs> toward the conservative end. Uh, when you come to know God, you start to love the things that God loves and you start to hate the things that God hates. That doesn't mean necessarily that you agree on every single Republican talking point. I'm certainly not saying that or that you love every Republican politician. Absolutely not. There's corruption on both sides. But when people come to Christ, which it seems like this has been a journey that's been happening 
for him for a while, um, you tend to see the insanity of leftism, which as we've talked about so many times is diametrically opposed to any form of biblical Christianity that you can name. You cannot be a leftist worth their salt, uh, or you cannot be a Christian and be accepted by leftism. That's what I need to start saying. And so for, uh, for Kanye to say, that he sees that they have been brainwashed and that they're aborting their children. Yeah, that's because God hates abortion. And if God has truly given Kanye a new heart, then Kanye is going to start hating abortion too. And if you don't hate abortion, well, you've got some you've got some theological deficits that you might need to catch up on by reading the Bible and praying for a conviction of the heart. Um, you start to see the godlessness when you come to Christ, you start to see the godlessness and the tyranny of authorities outside of God's realm, which happen to be the government who tries itself to be God. When the government tries to usurp God, uh, chaos ensues, confusion ensues, tyranny ensues, and uh, suffering ensues. And so that's so often why, why uh, when people become Christians, they start to see the damage, uh, the damaging effects of leftism. And I'm not saying that Kanye West is like a bona fide conservative or that we should look to him as like some conservative hero or that he should help shape our political views. I'm not saying that. I just think it's interesting that on a few issues, as Kanye has come to Christ, he has probably changed. I have no doubt that at one point he was pro-choice. I have, I have no doubt about that. He actually talks about that in an interview, how he used to be politically one way and it's kind of changed. It's just interesting, interesting example, number 700 million thousand bajillion of when someone becomes a Christian, their political views tend to change as well. It just doesn't happen to be towards communism. Um, like I've said many times, uh, we don't know Kanye's heart. I we can't we can't really judge what's going on in there. We can discern the fruit right now. The fruit looks good. And what I hope for him, and I meant to say this earlier and I kind of got off track. What I hope for him, what I wish that he would do, because I heard that he's going on tour, what I wish that he would do is get out of the public eye. That's what I want. That's just my personal opinion. I understand that we want him to kind of be someone who is championing uh, these values and championing the gospel and Christianity. And that's awesome. Like I, if that is God's will, God is going to use him and that's going to be wonderful to see. I just worry about any baby Christian who is out there and who is influenced by so many people who are against him and who might, I don't know, who might even be opposed to his own family's beliefs. It doesn't seem to me, I don't I don't know for sure, but it doesn't seem to me like Kim shares this same regeneration and shares this same faith. It doesn't seem like that at all. Some people are saying, oh yeah, 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 she just got baptized in her home country. That, um, that's not, that's not uh, a proclamation of belief in the gospel. It's just not. We don't know. We don't know. Um, I hope that for her. I literally pray that for her. People with so much influence, it would be awesome if Christ uh, won all of the Kardashians' hearts. But that to say, Kanye has a battle ahead of them. If he sees the world in modesty and sex and all of that differently than Kim does, the Kardashians who also support Planned Parenthood publicly, uh, that's going to be an issue. I just hope this is totally just my subjective opinion. So take that for what it's worth. I just hope and wish that he would step out of the limelight, step out of the public eye. 
I don't know, maybe even not go on tour and just be at home, go to church, be in your community, study God's word, pray, serve your family, be with your wife, uh, talk to her about her faith, uh, help shape her heart, lead your family spiritually, uh, really get a grounding in the word. Because I just, I, I fear, and I know that God keeps people that he is going to keep. He protects the people that he's going to protect, but I just kind of want, I, I don't know. I just want him to be protected and I want him to be insulated from all of the people who are going to try to pull him down because I care so much more about his faith, his salvation, his sanctification, his regeneration than uh, him going on tour and us all getting this, what we believe is a gift that we are entitled to of Kanye West Christian album. So that's my that's my take on that. I do want to share with you a verse that reminds me of all of this as we go back and forth between Christians saying, "Oh, we should we shouldn't celebrate this. It's still there's still pagan people that are uh, produ- helping produce this album, and this is Kanye West. He said X Y Z two years ago. Here's Philippians one eighteen. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice." No, we shouldn't idolize him. No, we're not looking to him as our pastor or to be our theological teacher. He is a baby Christian. Uh, We should be praying for him. And we should hope that he and all of his family uh, come close to the Lord and are protected. And we should rejoice at the fact that no matter what, no matter what, the gospel is being proclaimed. And that is something that we can absolutely celebrate. Okay, that is, that's all my Kanye take, I think. I've had a lot of thoughts about this. I've been like pretty fired up about it. My husband and I have been talking about it a ton. We actually brought it up in Sunday school the other day because another couple hadn't even heard that this story happened. Which just reminds me sometimes that so many people are not living in our social media media bubble that you and I are so familiar with. It's a little bit comforting, actually, even though sometimes my mind is blown. Why, uh, my mind is blown by the things that people don't know are going on. I'm like, you know what? There's a lot that goes on. There's a lot that goes on in people's lives besides what's going on 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 TV and on podcasts and things like that. And that's a good thing. I never shame people or want to make people feel embarrassed for not knowing something that's going on in Hollywood especially, but also the news or in Capitol Hill. Now, issues that actually affect your life, of course, you should know about. It's important that we're educated. But if you don't know every single thing that's going on with the impeachment inquiry or impeachment talks of impeachment or everything that's going on with the 2020 election or everything that's going on with Kanye West and Kim Kardashian, I do not shame you one bit. You've got a lot going on. You've got things that affect your life way more than this. So that's that's also why I'm here. But um, it's comforting to know that people have higher higher priorities than that and we too can have higher priorities than these things. Okay, speaking of priorities, this is very important. I wanna get to this and then I think we'll get to the all Baghdadi thing because that's short, but I want to get to this. I have like a pretty good set of commentary that I want to give on this particular subject. And so we'll probably end with the the terrorist who was uh, killed. So I want to give you an update on the Texas case involving James Younger, whose mom sought full custody so she could transition him, as we said, into a girl without his father's consent. This has been going on for a long time. I've actually first heard about it last year. Someone in our Sunday school knew this family or knew the dad's side and asked us pr- to pray for this. And so 
we've literally before this was even in the news i couldn't believe that this was happening we've been praying for this for a long time uh this is a texas case as i've said involving uh seven-year-old james younger caught in the custody battle between his divorced parents you'll remember that the boy's mother insists that he identifies as a girl goes by the name of luna even though the father and friends of the family and even the gender affirming counselor the mother has taken james to say that he really only identifies as a girl and goes by the name of luna when his mother is with him when his mother takes him to the counselor or when his mother has him at home um, in every other instance with his dad, with his friends, he dresses like a boy. He talks like a boy. He says he's a boy. You should go to the Facebook page, Save James, and look at some of the posts on there from a mother of James and his twin brother Jude's best friends. And talk about it talks about and shows just what a boy he is, just a normal seven-year-old boy who is probably confused because he's been abused by his mother. So what happened in this, we were afraid that the mother was going to get sold custody and be able to go forward with hormone therapy and puberty blockers, which he was planning to do before he actually reached the age of eight. Uh, so within the next year, that is also known as chemical castration. Uh, thankfully, the judge actually ruled to give the parents joint custody. So his father will have equal say in whether or not they pursue hormone therapy. This is good. I have a feeling this battle is not over. This mother doesn't seem at all mentally stable. So it breaks my heart that this boy has to at all be in the hands of his mother, he is going to look back more than likely and hate his mother. That That is probably what's going to happen because he is going to be in a few years, if this goes on, so mentally disturbed and so confused and uh, feeling like he was treated like a piece of property by his mother who has this weird sick fantasy of having a seven-year-old daughter named Luna, even though she has a boy. Um, he will be so disturbed by all of that that he might be irrevocably, irrevocably harmed. Now, my prayer, my earnest prayer is that that is not the case and that God saves him. God has grace on his life. God gives mercy to him, draws him close to him, helps him see truth, helps him to discern good from evil at a young age. Um, I feel for James Younger. I feel for him. Uh, there was this interesting article in The Federalist titled, Why It's Probably Not a Coincidence That the Mother Transing Her Seven-Year-Old Son Isn't Biologically re Related. Because this is not his biological mother. They actually paid for an egg donor who is a stranger. Uh, the article is really intriguing. It goes through unbiased statistics from Princeton, for example, about the health and well-being of kids who live with their biological parents versus those who live with step-parents, foster parents, and adoptive parents. A kid who live with both their biological parents, that would be a mom and a dad, by the way, even if the home is not perfect, they are statistically and in general better off, better cared for, better adjusted than those who are not. This could be why this article argues why the mother is more willing to send her child into the arms of a doctor who has a no interest in this child's future well-being whatsoever, who is willing to harm this child physically and irreparably uh, for the rest of his life. Now, let me just say, let me give a caveat to this. This is not in any way, shape, or form a knock on adoptive parents or foster parents or step parents, most of whom I know have saved a child from a situation in which they were neglected, in which they were abandoned, abused, mistreated, etc. Certainly, a child having some form of stability, some form of a family who loves 
lose them is better than them having none at all or being um, a victim of or property of the state. Adoption is a beautiful thing. It is reflective of the gospel as God adopted us to be his sons and daughters through Christ. It is a beautiful thing. And parents who adopt should be thanked. They should be praised. They should be honored. But that does not change the simple fact that studies show that the ideal situation The ideal situation for children is to be raised by their biological parents, even when their home life may not be perfect. There is an innate instinct for us parents to care for that which came for us. God made us that way. And again, that doesn't mean that God can't allow us to love our adoptive and step and foster children. Of course, of course, we love them so much. But God made the nuclear biological family for a reason for a purpose. There are instincts inside all of us to fight for our own, to protect our own. So this article argues that that could be part of the reason why the psychologically seemingly unstable mother is less willing to protect her child from something that is going to be so traumatic and physically harmful for him for the rest of his life. And this is one thing. I know we talk about this a lot, but I just think about this so often. This is one of the many things I don't understand about those who say that they are Christians and also say that they are on the left or Christians who are pro-LGBTQ. Do you think that God made us arbitrarily? Like, do you think that it didn't matter how God created our bodies? Do you think that God created the family on accident? Do you think God lacked a reason to make our bodies as he did? Do you think it's just a coincidence or purposeless that God in the beginning made us male and female? And he said, a man will leave his father and mother and the two shall become one flesh to hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh and will from then Lord willing be able to be fruitful and multiply. Do you really think that that didn't matter, that that had no lasting implications, that that had no real purpose, that God just did that coincidentally or by accident? Do you really think that the family unit God created at the beginning of time and reiterated throughout the Old and New Testaments and has proven throughout history to be good for children and consequently good for adults and consequently good for society was just a happenstance? And do you think that maybe, possibly, Just consider this, that rearranging the traditional family that God ordained specifically in his word and has helped create healthy communities and nations for millennia is going to have a negative effect on society. Isn't that maybe a possibility that we should consider before rearranging the entire family and redefining sexuality and gender? Uh, The episode that I did a while back titled Biblical Marriage goes into why biblically marriage is meant to be between one man and one woman, why theologically that is true. It is not just some obscure verse in the Old Testament. Uh, Marriage, how God created it, is reflective of Christ in the church as we read in Ephesians 5. Therefore, there is a spiritual uh, gospel significance to marriage and far be it from us human beings to mess with that. Um. God's definition of marriage is rooted in creation. We say this alliteration a lot, rooted in creation, reiterated in the New Testament, represented in the picture of Christ in the church, which is reflective of the gospel. That means it is not accidental. It is purposeful. There is an eternal significance to it. It is not arbitrary and neither is gender, which whether you want to believe it or not is the same as sex. (gasps) I know Uh, God made it this way. Which means when we wander outside of his balance, this is true about everything, we are choosing self-worship 
And self-worship always ends in chaos and confusion and pain and suffering. Why? Because if we are all our own gods, then who is to say what's right and wrong, good and bad? That ends in anarchy, which is exactly where we are headed. This is where godlessness leads. You abandon a transcendent moral lawgiver. You no longer have a transcendent moral law. And what you're left with is your own subjective feeling to determine morality, which is how we get to a place to where someone is uh, able to, quote, decide their gender because feelings rule. This is how the God of self operates. This is why Christians have no business being on the side of the argument regarding James Younger that says, well, he doesn't want to become a girl and that makes it wrong. No, that's not what makes it wrong. Yes, that might make it especially cruel, but that's not what makes it wrong. It doesn't matter if the seven-year-old said every day that he wants to be a girl. It would still be wrong to give him hormone therapy and puberty blockers. That's still abuse. Why? It's not just because 85 to 99% of boys who experience feelings of gender dysphoria before puberty actually grow out of it by the time they're teenagers, although that matters, it's important to note. It's because he is a boy. It's because he's a boy and he will always be a boy, no matter what, no matter what he says, no matter what he feels, no matter what his mom says, no matter what his mom calls him, no matter how his mom dresses him, no matter what operations or procedures or therapy he goes through, he will always be a boy. His DNA is a boy. That is reality. That is science. And therefore, socially or medically transitioning him into something he is not, whether he believes he wants this or not, is wrong. It is abuse. It will not heal him. It will hurt him. It's that simple. This would be like not just telling your child that Santa Claus is real and insisting that it's real, that Santa Claus is real, but also telling your child to leave home and to go to the North Pole to look for him. It'll be fine. You should definitely do that. Just go go out, hitchhike, walk, do whatever you have to do. Go as far north as you possibly can until you find Santa Claus. You would be a, a bad parent if you let that child pursue their dream. And it is even worse, it is even worse when it comes to something that is actually happening, like giving in to a transgenderism at such a young age, really at any age, but especially uh, when you are controlling your child and pushing uh, your child to something that he is not and will never be. This is insanity. Um, I am trying to be optimistic when I say that hopefully science will make this gender nonsense impossible, that one day we will see what horrific damage these childhood transitions are and we will realize what absolute idiots we were in 2019. Um, there are talks in the medical world, guys, of womb transplants, womb transplants, so that biological men who want to be women and who identify as women can have children. Look it up. You can look it up, say womb transplant for transgenderism. There is absolutely no thought in these so-called advancements. It's really not advancements. It's regression. There is no thought whatsoever to how this will affect the child. There's no thought whatsoever to how this might affect their well-being or even their health or even if they're able to survive inside a male body that has a womb that's not theirs. This is godlessness. This is the result of godlessness. When you don't believe people are made in the image of God and therefore are independently and equally valuable, you treat those who are weaker than you as dispensable pieces of property, as science experiments or social experiments. That is what the left, that is how the left views children as social experiments useful for the 
purposes of leftism, from transgenderism to abortion to the indoctrination of the LGBTQ doctrines at school. There is no regard for the mental or emotional well-being of the children. They are seen as useful, period. And that speaks to the reality, by the way, that progressivism has no end destination. It doesn't have a place to where it says, okay, this is it. This is where we want to go, except for the obliteration of everything that has ever made anything work or anything good. Is this what you want? Is this the future that you want, moms? Like I've said many times, the time has come and gone for Christians not to care about what's going on in politics because it affects you. It affects your kids. It affects your kids' schools. Do you really want to be on a side or be apathetic about a side that views your kids as property? Um, this is true in a lot of different conversations surrounding our kids, what they can be taught, uh, the kind of people that can be hired in their school. Again, uh, go back and listen to the episode on uh, the Equality Act. I think it's episode 115, if I remember correctly. And you can uh, learn about the legislation that Democrats are trying to push that are going to that's going to affect your family and your kids. Okay, I think that's all I have time for. I've gone a really long time. Uh, I did want to talk about the fact that a terrorist, I'll Baghdadi was killed, which is awesome. By the way, we should be thinking our military. We should be thinking our commander in chief, President Trump, whether you like him or not, this is a good thing. And yet the media couldn't celebrate it. They could not celebrate it. The Washington Post said that he should be remembered as an austere religious scholar who died. What? What? These people hate Trump so much that they've actually come in the past few years to hate America. They hate America and they are okay. They, they would rather a terrorist survive than uh, think Trump for something. I mean, this is a rapist. This is a terrorist. This is a murderer. This is the embodiment, uh, embodiment of uh, evil. This is uh, the very thing that anyone, no matter what background you come from, should be able to look at and say, evil, that guy needs to die. And yet... Trump derangement syndrome is real. So that's just a little recap on that. Okay, we'll be back here on Friday. We are going to talk about what happened in um, Ireland. And I think it's actually Northern Ireland. What happened with legislation uh, surrounding abortion and surrounding uh, same-sex marriage there and why that matters for us here. I'm really excited about that interview. So I will see you guys then.